Welcome to Mountain State of Mind, a podcast of the Charleston Gazette Mail in Charleston, West Virginia. We're going to be hearing from Sister Mary Pelican, 94 years old, who has been a nun for 70 years on Good Friday, 2016. 39 of those years as a nun here in Charleston, West Virginia, the capital city of West Virginia. We're going to hear a little bit about her spiritual journey, which began with a retreat she took at age 22 with the Sisters of Senegal on Long Island, and then her joining that order at age 24. But before all that happened, she was a young woman on the streets of New York, and the 1939 World's Fair made a grand impression upon her. The most thrilling thing was uh, the uh, 1939 World's Fair in uh, Flushing, where LaGuardia Airport is now. The Chinese were there, the Russians were there. Even the Germans were there. The war had started in Europe. Uh, Hitler was taking over. They did have a German prevention. When I think back on it, though, the two things just out. One was uh, as evening came, they had an artificial lake out there and fountains at each end. Well, fountains were unusual, but besides that, they put lights on the fountains, and that made such a romantic setting, you know. They had uh, another thing, the uh, General Motors had an exhibit, The World of Tomorrow. But you go for that exhibit, you'd stand online for an hour before you could get in. In fact, that's when they invented the line that went this way and this way and this way. You think you're there, and then they put you back there. What they had was a little train running around the upper part. And on the bottom, you saw the uh, highways of the city and Long Island and all. You didn't have to get on a bridge and then off a bridge. You had clover leaves. Clover leaves were more important than anything, that you would actually get off of the road and then on another road. People waited and waited and came back and went up through it again. just to see clover leaves. We were going to have highways that would be electrified in some way, and there'd be a couple of lanes, and the cars would be electrified. When you got on the highway, you just pushed where you want to get off, and your car went either there, there, or there. You go in the slow lane so the other cars could get in. And then as you approached your destination, the car would automatically go to the uh, outside lane and you could get off. And you could play bridge or sleep or whatever in the meantime. So when they talk about cars that would drive themselves, I've been saying people from the 39 World Fair may remember it. I, I, I always say, well, you're pretty late getting to it. They got to the clover leaf very quickly, but they're not yet to the driving themselves. I was thinking I would volunteer to drive one of those cars that <laughs> say I'm entitled to it. I've waited since, since the 39 World Fair to see this. 
World War II changed everything, and Mary sought work in New York City. After college, I looked for a job. I had a bachelor's in liberal arts, but with everybody gone to war, they were looking for people to work machines, to type and adding machines that were just being invented. Every place I'd go on that said, you take shorthand note, do this note. So I was always getting a no. And then finally, I went to a place, General Electric Supply Company, and this woman uh, was interviewing me, and she got all the same no's. And then finally, she says, what do you do? And I said, I don't do anything. <laughs> I'm cultured. <laughs> so she laughed, and that was an end for me. <laughs> I don't do anything. I'm cultured. So she says, I think I have a job for you. And they needed expeditors which I had never heard of expertises. But I got a desk, and I got a dictation machine, which was sort of a spool. It was almost like a, a gramophone or something. And I would dictate letters and go back to the ones who did do something, who could type. I think I had a take-home salary, which was quite good, of $17 a week. I was in Greenwich Village and didn't quite know the significance of Greenwich Village. A co-worker who had just lost her husband and was hungry for a retreat invited Mary Pelican to her first at the Sisters of Cynical House on Long Island. I had never been on retreat. I didn't know much about nuns, but it was a very uplifting experience for me. It was like uh, I'd been away only two and a half days. It was like, when I was coming back, what was I coming back to? <laughs> it was a huge retreat house on Long Island. Everything was silent. You didn't talk during meals. We could have the privilege of helping with the dishes in silence. She was 22. Something spoke to her there because within two years she would enter the convent. Not, however, with some serious reservations from her parents. I went into the convent perhaps, as I think, retrospectively too soon. My parents were very opposed to my going into a convent, most especially a cloistered convent, because they had four sons and one daughter. And my mother said, God can take one of the four. I've only got one daughter. And daughters stay with their parents more than their sons, so they were very, very opposed. But the life of a cynical nun became her life. She was posted to many different places, from Rochester to Boston, Lower Manhattan to Charleston, West Virginia. Along the way, there were many retreats and many retreatants, seeking something in the silence. Something that first attracted Mary Pelicane when she was a young nun, who wasn't even sure where Boston was when she was assigned there. So many people make retreats, and if there's conflict in their lives, they sort of find a beginning of uh, moving out of conflict or moving into conflict. We're all very spiritual people, whether we're so-called religious people or not. 
anybody who thinks or who loves, knowing and loving is the basis of our lives when you figure out that if you're looking for happiness, those are two things that you're looking for. And uh, so to go away and rest, stop the noise and wait. And if you wait, it comes sometime in two weeks, two months, two years, but sometime. I find a lot comes to me now, 50 years later, 70 years, 50, I'm saying 50. So I can't, I can't think in terms of 70 years. <laughs> How do you think of 70 years? But I'm still the person that thought that Boston and Chicago were next door to each other. <laughs> but I don't think so anymore. Find a link to the companion article to this podcast at the Charleston Gazette Mail at wvgazettemail.com. I'm Douglas and Thanks for listening.